What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Breakthrough Society podcast. I'm your host, Irvin. And today we have my friend Corey Barrier on the show, a.k.a. the sales CEO. So this man, that's what he did. That's what he is, right? He's a sales CEO. He's a sales coach. Um, He will. He will turn your team around and he will coach them and make them some fucking warriors. Uh, he this guy's been killing it on Clubhouse. He uh, hosts two two rooms daily, about seven figure sales, and he th- throws out some massive knowledge. Uh, you definitely want to tune into this one, especially if you have a business, because as you know, everybody's in sales, whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, you're in sales, right? Because that's what your business does. That's what the company that you work for does sales. It's the way to make money, right? So check this shit out, man. Stay tuned. Yo, real quick, before we get into the show, uh, I just wanted to hop in here and, and tell you that if you have not joined the Facebook group, go onto Facebook right now on the search bar, type in Breakthrough Society Movement and click join to uh, the request to join the group and uh, go ahead and do that shit and I'll let you in. Um, we also have the Instagram page where you can just go Breakthrough Society and it's there. Um, if this episode helps you in any way get through the day you know get through your 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 day at work if you know somebody's going to benefit from it somebody that's in sales right but everybody's in sales um go ahead share it out to your friends um post it on your social media tag us we'll repost it and guys Corey, he's 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 the guy that you want teaching your team how to sell better and not be that kind of like you know salesy person because everybody thinks of you know salesperson as a used car sales guy right like that cheesy um snake oil salesman type dude he just wants to get um the more money out of your pocket you know but Corey will definitely turn your team around and will teach them the proper way to sell their customers uh be more confident in selling and uh yeah guys just tune into this shit take notes because like I said, everybody's in sales, so everybody will benefit from it, for sure. Uh, just tune into this, man. Let's get right into the show. Society Podcast. I'm Irvin, your host, and today I have Corey Barrier on the show. What's going on, Corey? What's up, brother? How are you? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for taking time and coming on the show. Absolutely. Appreciate you having me, dude. <laughs> all right. Yeah, man, for sure. So the first question I always ask all my guests is just tell the audience who Corey is. And what do you do? Sure. Um, yeah, so my name is Corey Barrier, and I am the sales CEO. And what that means is I consult and coach uh, small to medium-sized businesses and entrepreneurs uh, on how to make their sales team better, really. Uh, I go in, and I basically I plug the holes in the boat, right? So um, it's always great, Irvin, to have another set of eyes on your business. I don't care who you are, because if you're working – you know, if you're working inside the business, lots of times it's hard to see 
what the hell's really going on, right? And because you're so caught up in the day to day and you just can't see stuff that's right in front of you. And so, you know, essentially I come in and I take a look at not only the sales department, but the in call, uh, inbound call center, right? Outbound call center. Because look, it all starts with the first per- the first touch. It all starts with that first person that you talk to. And if that's an uneducated uh, or untrained, shouldn't say uneducated necessarily, but uneducated with the job yeah. and how it works and the process, uh, that's the first con- that's the first touch. So, what do you think, Irvin, happens when somebody calls and, and they get somebody on the phone that absolutely does not know what they're talking about? Right. I mean, yeah, it's not a good. Let's just say that it doesn't. It, it's 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 uh, not a good idea to have the first point of contact uh, to be somebody that, you know, doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. And so I come in and, and I work with the sales team. I also then I move to whatever next department I need to look at in order to uh, make the company successful, essentially. Yeah. And yeah. And I guess uh, when people think sales, I like i guess like their understanding is just like one specific uh department you know like the whoever goes out there and talks to the customer or whatever but like yeah i see like how you're explaining it right now like i see that's like the whole freaking company to be honest the whole company is part of the sales so yeah absolutely and and here's the other thing dude like i even go in and work with Okay, so then just to give you an example, like the company that pops into my head, the plumbing company, you've heard me share about this before, but yeah. at the end of the day, you know, these guys, these guys, they're, they're, you know, they've got processes that people don't follow, right? And, and if people are not following your process, they're not following what your core values are, well, that, that breeds a culture of, I don't want to say disaster, but it definitely doesn't breed the culture that you want it to breed. In other words, in other words, if people are not following what you believe in your core as to what the company should be doing, then the culture goes sideways. And that's kind of what's happened in this situation. And it's hard because I'm, I, I'm close with the owner, right? I mean, I'm, I work with him, obviously, one-on-one in addition to the sales team. And so it's really hard when you have someone that's an amazing human being and they believe that they have amazing human beings under them. And the fact of the matter is one or two of the amazing human beings are not so amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, but, you know, and and this gentleman struggles because he's, he's got a big heart. Right. And he doesn't he he wants to provide and he wants to create jobs for people and and create an awesome work environment. And people take advantage of that. And and at the end of the day, it's not fair to him, really. Um, But, you know, you just have to navigate. My job is to navigate around those issues. Right. I I can't go in and say, hey, fire everybody. I mean, I could do that, but I don't know that that would be productive. Right. I have to get in there and ask questions, find out what's going on, find out from this person what their perspective is, find out from this manager what their perspective is. And then I come together with all of these perspectives and I figure out which one makes the most sense or and or or maybe and in addition to or and the what the owner wants. Right. I mean, the owner 
at the end of the day, he writes the check that I cash, right? So yeah. <laughs> it's in my best interest to make sure he's happy. But, you know, and, and, and the hardest part, I think, with my what I do is connecting the dots for somebody that thinks the dots are connected, but they're not. And you've got – I have to really – pay attention to how I say the things that I say so they're not offensive. So it doesn't come across as, hey, dude, you're running your company like shit, right? I, and I would never say that to him, and, yeah. and he's not. But some of the guys under him, we've eliminated because they're cancerous. And, and you can't – and look, I, if everybody listening, if you own a business, which I'm sure you do if you listen to this podcast, you got to pay attention to this stuff. Because if you have one cancerous person on your team, they can ruin – it's just like the whole bad apple scenario we've always heard. One bad apple in a bunch could ruin the rest. Well, yep. it's really a true thing. You know, that was a long answer to your question. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, but that gives like the whole – like as, as just talking, you know, like I'm, I'm visualizing everything. Like everybody just builds up these companies, you know, with 10, 20 employees now where – they don't start with the core values or anything like that systems and they just, you know, build cause they think it's, that's what it is. You know, it's just, just hire and oh, do the work, you know, and that's it Go home right. type of deal. So it's like, whenever they get to like that 20, the 10, 20 employees, um, like that's where you come in and you have to fix all this shit up cause, <laughs> cause well, they didn't do it from the beginning. Well, that's true. And, and I think you'll understand why when I tell you this, right. I mean, when you think about a plumbing company or an HVAC company or any service-based business, how does it start? Typically with, it starts with the owner doing the work, right? Yeah. Understanding the trade. And then that owner, uh, he, which is not an owner at the time, maybe he's working for himself or maybe he's working for somebody else. He's learning everything. And then he gets a grasp of it and starts his own business. Well, that's wonderful. I encourage that. However, you have to understand there's a lot to running a business. There's a lot mm -hmm. of shit people don't realize. You know, there's insurance, there's taxes, there's, you know, the building that you're in, there's trucks, there's equipment. I mean, there's a lot of shit yeah. when you're out getting 15 or 20 guys, right? And, and I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners and again, I encourage if you want to start a business, by all means, you should. But just know that you also may want to hire somebody when you're starting out to kind of guide you with what you need to do if you can afford it. And so um, because it, it eliminates a lot of these issues, right, going 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 down the road, 10 years down the road or whatever that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's like exactly like the issues and stuff that I was running into because I grew up. In the electrical field, you know, my dad has, you know, his business back home, five and a half, five and a half hours away from Austin, where I'm at. And, uh, like, you know, I grew up working with him. And then I moved to Houston, not essentially to start working, but to play soccer. And then I just started looking for work. And I had no attention on starting a business, you know, but, you know, here I am. <laughs> and uh, I didn't have no plan. I didn't have, you know, any guys. I don't have anything really. Like I just started looking for work because I wanted to make the extra money and I didn't want to be bored. You know, that's it. So like I just went in, went, went in with the mindset of like, you know, I mean, how hard can it be type of deal? And, and now I was like, I, I see that it's like 
there's like all this shit, man, that's involved with like the core values, you know, being an arte, you know, when Andy and Ed, like they're spitting that out religiously, core values, you know, system and processes, you know, the insurance, the the vehicles, the the gas, the taxes for the employees, like all this shit. And it's like, damn, dude, like if, if everybody, everybody that wants to start a business knows how difficult it is, like they're going to think twice about it. And they're not just going to say, you know, oh, I want to start this company and sell shirts and do all this shit. And, and it's like, no, nah, dude, like you have to you have to look at, you know, like all these little little things, especially like what you do with the like the sales, you know, because that's that's like the whole company is pretty much selling. They're representing themselves. Yeah, because without a sale, you don't have a business. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you don't sell the product or service, you can't do a, you can't do business. I mean, period. And if your salespeople suck then, you know, you've got to look at that because they're your frontline people, so to speak, right? They're the people representing your business. And if yeah. they're, you know, here's a good example. Like, they're, you know, think about this. If you Do you have work trucks and vans or whatever? I have one. So, and it's got your logos and stuff on it, right? Yeah. What if somebody else was driving that and they see it parked at a strip club? Like, that's <laughs> the kind of shit people don't yeah, think yeah. about, right? You that's that would be awful for a company for somebody to drive by and see, you know, Urban's plumbing company in the strip club. Right? I mean, <laughs> unless you're you doing work, think about that. <laughs> well, unless you're doing work, right? Yeah, yeah. It's 12 o'clock at night, you ain't doing work. <laughs> and, and that brings me to yeah. another point. Then you have to worry about is that person going to drive home drunk in that company van? Yeah, and yeah. if they do and they kill somebody, whose ass is it? Not theirs. I mean, it will be to an extent, but ultimately it's going to fall back on the business owner. Yeah. That could take you out. I mean, it could take you out like that. Yeah, dude, that's shit, dude. That's everybody <laughs> needs to, everybody needs to pay attention to this little shit, man, because shit will fuck you up. Like you said, it'll fuck you up like not, like within a second. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, overnight you could lose everything. I mean, it's just the truth. And you know, and if you don't pay attention to these things, at some point that could happen, and and it does happen, right? You just better hope one that your your insurance is good enough to cover whatever it is that you were talking about. And the reason I brought this up because sure enough, there was both of those incidences. Uh, there was one where somebody, and this was years ago, a few years ago. The van or truck broke down at the damn strip club. So guess what? They had to call the owner, and the owner was like, "What the fuck are you doing in the van at the strip club?" And you know what? You what are you going to say? It's midnight. Like, well, what are you going to say? I'm there working now. Yeah. So, and then the other point was, you know, there was a guy that openly did drink, smoke weed, and did cocaine. Now it's legal to drink. It's legal to smoke weed where they are, but it ain't legal to do cocaine. And if you're talking about that shit amongst the peers of your uh, of your peer your peers in your business, and I don't I don't mean the owner was doing, I mean one of the employees. Yeah. And we found out about it, and he he obviously had to go. I mean, you can't keep somebody like that. that's a massive liability. <laughs> so you just got to pay attention to it. Don't don't war, don't hire warm bodies. Because warm bodies will get your ass in trouble, and the, the day, it's three times as much work. So, anyway, I don't know how I got off on that tangent. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, but you're, you're saying, like, warm bodies as in, like, dudes that already have, 
you know, years of experience or? No, I'm talking about like, you know, oh shit, I just, you know, I've, I've got 40 leads coming in that are hot and I only have 20 guys. Man, let's just hire somebody oh, okay. just so we can make sure they can make the call. Well, yeah. well how much good does that do? Because if they I get guess. there and they can't do the job, well, what's the point in hiring them, right? Yeah. And I've seen this shit happen. I've seen it happen. Yeah. And, I, yeah, and, and the reason I brought up, like, the years of experience is because, like, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure this is everywhere, but, like, in, in the, you know, electrical where I'm trying to, like, if I'm trying to hire somebody, people that have, like, years of experience, like, they usually tend to do shit their own way. So, like, whenever you try to train them and stuff, uh, they don't, they still fall back and, and, and eventually do it their own way. And it might not be, like, the right way to do it. That's like their way of like cutting corners already because that's the way that, you know, their mentality already is. So like I believe that you have to hire them when they have maybe a year of experience just so they can they know the basics of like the electrical industry. You know, what wires they can, you know, touch and nothing's going to happen to them or what wires they cannot touch, what wires they cannot put together type of deal. And then from there, you know, just train them up to actually yeah. have that knowledge. Yeah, dude. And that that's really, that's so true. And And I'll tell you part of the reason I say that that's true is because think about this, dude. If you hire somebody that's only got a year of experience, they haven't really had time to have bad habits. Yeah. So, so that way, because if you bring somebody on that's super experienced, right, they do it their way. And their way is the right way because they've been doing it for 15 years. But their way is not the way you as the business owner want them to operate. So, yeah. you know, now you've got to try to break that um, that that uh, programming, if you will, um, of the person that's been doing what they've been doing for 15 years. And that's a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it just is. Yeah. So like whenever you had, you know, your other uh, businesses, like, like, was that a pro was that an issue for you? You know, is, is that like the reason that you got into sales or, you know, why, why did it, why did you end up, you know, becoming the sales coach? So, um, so essentially I've been in sales for 25 years. I have opened, started, uh, four businesses and, uh, some of them were successful. Some of them were not. And to your point about hiring employees, I did exactly what I just said for people mm -hmm. not to do. Yeah. And I can tell <laughs> you that because I've done it. I hired the first person that presented themselves at my med spa and, and here was the issue, Urban. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Right? I didn't know what to look for. And this person could talk a good game. And I thought she sounded like she was a great fit, but wound up being completely a nut job. And it was a disaster because, uh, well, I won't get into all the details, but essentially it was uh, to, it, it, I, you've got to make sure you're vetting your people, right? You've got to make sure you're not hiring somebody that's going to damage your reputation, that's going to say shit about you that's not true, or that they're going to tell the customer something that's not true, or they're going to steal the customers from you. It could be a number of things. So it's really important when you're bringing somebody onto a business to hire the right people because they can sink you. They can absolutely sink you. And that was part of the issue that I had with the med spa, a couple of things. One, I I was not a good leader. Um, I'm going to tell you that right now. I, I just wasn't. I, I didn't have the leadership skills that I have at this point. 
Um, and so I was the boss, right? And the boss, so what I'm, so let me, let me explain to everybody what the difference is or what I mean when I say that. The difference is, is a leader will, will try to sit down and understand from your perspective. They will sit with you and try to make sure that they, they can help you through whatever it is. A boss, which is what I decided to be at the time, was I'm the boss, I'm the owner, do it my way or get the fuck out. Right. And that was kind of my approach. I mean, I didn't say it just like that, but I might as well had. I'm sure my yeah. said everything, said all of that. <laughs> and so leading like a boss, you know, nobody wants to be, nobody wants to work with somebody like that. Nobody wants to work with somebody whose ego is so astronomically big that they can't even see they're damaging their own company by being a dick, essentially. And that's, that's exactly what happened to me. And that's part of the reason that I lost that business. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. The, that's like this, that's the same thing that where everybody thinks, you know, the boss is <laughs> what you have to be. And that's, that's part of like the, how I was saying earlier, where people think business is simple. There's just like, Oh, I'm just going to hire employees, you know, and I'm the boss. I'll just tell them what to do. Right. And that's just like what, they fuck up the whole company. So that's when you have to come in and, and fix all that stuff. That's exactly right. Which, you know, Hey, at the end of the day, it gives me a position that gives me a job. So I'm okay with that at this point. <laughs> so did you like realize, you know, that, that you were being the boss instead of the leader? Like, did you realize that on your own or you came across something that you're like, Oh shit. Glad you asked. That's such a great question. I don't think anybody's asked me that. Um, so, so a couple of things, and I'm going to try to tell the story as, but as briefly as I can, and I'm going to try to tell it without, you know, getting emotional because it is a very, it, it's tied very close to my heart. Um, the day that my partner, my business partner in the clinic in the med spy, told me he wasn't going to pay me anymore. There's two two things that are significant about that day. Um, one, I, I I was so confused, I, I didn't understand why he would. I, I ran the entire business period. He didn't do shit at all. Like he wasn't in the business. He funded part of the business, but that was it. And when he said that to me, it just didn't make sense. Right. I didn't understand how, I mean, I, I run the whole deal. Like how you don't even know how to do anything anyway. And so the second part of that, you know, that was devastating in itself. And, and then the second part of that, I was supposed to buy my t ticket to go see Tony Robbins that day. Mm -hmm. And I had visualized, I had journaled, like I knew I was going to that event. And and by not getting paid, it you know, that that caused a problem, right? Because that was what I intended on spending part of my money on was that ticket. And and I couldn't do that. And that was probably more upsetting. Uh I don't know if it was more upsetting or if it was just it, it was just like it cr it crushed me. It absolutely crushed me. And um, my wife, about three days, I'm going to say three days after that happened, she called me while I was still at work. I stayed on because I thought he's going to he's going to pull his head out of his ass and realize that, like, he can't do this on his own. Um, and, and my wife called me. and She said, hey, what are you doing? I was like, I'm at work. I was irritated. And I said, I'm at work. You know, what? What, what do you need? And she said, I need you to go to your computer. I said, look, dude, I'm super busy. I, I don't. I don't, I don't have time. And 
And uh, she said, no, but really, I need you to go sit down at your computer. And so I did. And I opened my computer. She said, I need you to open your email. And at this point, I didn't know what the hell to expect. My day, you know, this the last two or three days prior to that were awful. So I just kind of expected it to be, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And she had contacted Robin's research and worked out a deal that um, – you know, that that got me uh, a VIP ticket for that event. And and I got to tell you, dude, this is the part where I get a little choked up because it was it was by far the nicest thing anybody's ever done for me. And and in that event changed my life. Um, I wound up exiting the company uh, naturally. And I went but I did. I went to the event and. And, and and to answer your original question, what clicked was when I got back from the event and I started to read Think and Grow Rich. And when I started to read that, I realized that I was the chokehold on the business because I was leading like a, a boss instead of like a leader. And and I just didn't realize I was the chokehold. You know what I mean? I just didn't know. I just didn't fucking see it. And so that was the point that changed everything for me essentially yeah yeah dude well i try not to get emotional but i it pretty much happens every time yeah no man dude that's awesome dude and i mean like when we were telling the story like i was already thinking like oh man like you you missed out on the event <laughs> kind of thing but i mean that's crazy dude like that you you still wound up going and then that shit like really just fucking took you to another path you know that's that's where you're at right now and yeah changed my life dude it changed my life and you know and, and then I, it's interesting dude i wound up going i don't know four or five months later i wound up going and actually crewing for tony robbins like uh you know i was one of the crew members that you see if you've ever been to one of his events in the black shirts and that was also just an unbelievable experience both times i walked on fire which you know it's not a hell of a lot of people that could say they've done that um and you know it was just it was it was absolutely incredible it was incredible and then how, how did you like uh af after you realized that how did you dive into like the sales specifically you know in sales instead of like a I guess, business coaching or, or consultant or something like that? So I struggled for a long time with my identity after during that, that period. I, I didn't know, you know, because I had been in the fitness space for over a decade coaching people um, and, and you know, and gotten into the, the hormone replacement center or med medical spa. And I was just so confused as to what it was I was supposed to be doing. And... In, until I hired a, a coach that literally had less experience than I did. Um, and he even said to me, he said, like, I, I have like 10 years less sales experience than you. Why do you need to hire me? <laughs> and I'm like, honestly, I just need your, I need your belief in me. I, because you believe in me more than I believe in me. And, and, and that was literally why I hired him. And that's, and, and so that was the point when I realized like, shit, well, I'm struggling to look for all these different avenues that I want to do, 
But the reality is I know the most about sales. I mean, I can talk about sales all damn day. Hell, you've seen it. I do it on Clubhouse twice a day. Yeah. You know, I love it. And I just, it was kind of like that boss leader thing. It was right in front of my face and I just couldn't see it. I, for, I don't know why. So that's kind of what, that's what changed. Uh, that's kind of what, not kind of, that's exactly what got me back into what I'm the most passionate about, which is sales. You just had to take that step back, man. And, and look at the, the bigger picture and just be like, oh shit, you know, yeah. like, I'm not doing this shit the right way. <laughs> exactly, dude. And yeah, I wanted to coach on mindset or I wanted to coach on NLP. And I'm like, I just, I know about those things. Right. I, but it's not my wheelhouse. Like I'm yeah. an NLP practitioner. That doesn't mean I can teach it. I just, <laughs> I know it. That means I went through the course. I'm certified, but that doesn't mean I can teach it. So it's stupid to try, to try to teach something that you are, that you haven't done. Uh, and, and, and I, I don't want to say mastered, but kind of, right. I mean, I've done all kinds of sales. I've broken shit ton of sales records. I've held sales records. Um, in previous companies, previous places that I've been either worked for or worked in or whatever that, you know, whichever. Um, so I, I don't know, man. Um, I just kind of found my wheelhouse. And it's interesting because getting into service-based companies is not my wheelhouse necessarily. It is now, but I didn't know anything about plumbing. I didn't know anything about HVAC. I didn't know anything about solar. But it doesn't really matter what the product is. I know how to sell it, right? I, I know that I can show you how to better communicate with your customer to close the deal. And that's really what sales is about is communication. Yeah. And here's one more thing I'd love to just to drop really quick. If you're sending a bunch of emails to people, I want you to think about this. The three elements of communication are Body language, which is 55% of how people communicate. Tonality, which is the voice inflection. If you hear my voice go up and down, that's tonality or voice inflection. And then the words. Tonality is 38%. 7% of communication is the words. So think about that shit, dude. When you send an email, you're only getting 7% of the communication element. That's not a very good number, dude. Yeah. 100% <laughs> I mean, effort. Yeah. Think about yeah. that. I mean, people fire. It, it, it's kind of like, you know, you get, you know, people, uh, obviously funnels are a tool that people use and it's important. But it, if that's your only way of selling, you're going to go belly up. Because first of all, people only open 20% of emails to begin with. Right. And if you're not able to communicate effectively what you're trying to tell the customer and you're not going to be able to do that in an email, right? You, people want to know you're a human being. They want to know that you're a person that you care. You can't show that through words in an email. I mean, you, maybe to an extent, but not to the effect that you would like to, to close a sale. Dude. And that's when like the, the, if you ever, I'm pretty sure you have ordered uh, stuff from First Form. Oh yes. <laughs> right. Have you ever gotten those vi the videos? <laughs> uh, Where like yes. whoever's pet. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and a handwritten note, Where like they yeah, crush yeah. it with their customer service. And I got to tell you, dude, 
you know, we're both part of RNT. You know, I love Andy and I love Ed, but Andy's products upset my stomach. But guess mm-hmm. what, dude? <laughs> I promise you, I still wouldn't recommend another product outside yeah. of his because <laughs> I know he makes great products. They just don't agree with me. And yeah. that's okay. I mean, that's totally fine. I, er, you, one thing I want everybody to listen to, this is very important. You're not for everybody. Everybody don't don't everybody doesn't need your product or service. And everybody can't use your product or service. So if you're in, if you're trying to pitch your company or your product, figure out who you need to pitch it to. Because if you pitch it to everybody, you're gonna feel like you've lost because everybody's not gonna love your shit. It's just the bottom line, right? I mean, my business. I'm for some people, and, and I'm sure there's some people I'm not for, right? I cuss yeah. a lot, right? and I don't hold yeah. that back, right? I, I'm very open about my political stance. I'm very open about the fact that I think this whole COVID-19 stuff is a load of shit. I'm very vocal that I believe, uh, you know, and I hope we figure this out, that we're going to see this is the biggest scam we've ever seen. You and I probably will never see a scam this big yeah. there hasn't been one since enron right you're in texas now you remember i'm sure you, you may not have been there during enron but i'm sure you know what enron is right or do you uh no i sounds familiar right. but enron was the one of the largest scams in the in the history and essentially it was uh it was all a house of cards, dude. Like there was really nothing there, but people were pouring their 401ks into this company, their, their, their IRAs there. I mean, it was awful. And at the end of the day, there was literally, it was a shell company. There was nothing there. <laughs> were investing Jeez. in literally the money that the owners were just taking home and spending. That was it. It was awful. And, it had ruined so many lives, dude. So you need to check that documentary out. It's actually, I hate to admit this, but it's my favorite documentary on the planet because it just, it amazes me how a team of people could deceive the whole world. But guess what, dude? We're sitting in it right now in 2021. We're sitting in oh, yeah, how <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's incredible how and why people are not seeing what's going on, you know? And so back to my point, that doesn't resonate with everybody, right? And, and hopefully I didn't just, you know, hopefully half your listenership didn't just drop off when I said that, but that's just me, dude. And that's just how I feel about it. And I look at what I think are the facts, you know? Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, but you need to check out that documentary, Enron. It's it's amazing. Where's that at? Um, you should find it. Um, so it's spelled E N R O N. E N E N R O N. Oh, I got it. En- Enron. Enron. Oh, okay. Smart guys in the room. Yeah, Houston, Texas. Jesus. So you'll know exactly where those buildings are because they're still standing. I'm certain of that. I don't know what names on them. It's certainly not Enron. But yeah, yeah it was it was like one day these guys, you know, 
one day, I can't remember now, I've seen that movie a hundred times. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what exactly was the tipping point. Um, like they just, uh, you know, they were trading stock. Here's one of the things that they did do is they created so energy. They, they traded energy. Um, and, and, and I don't know shit about trading energy, but I do know that in California, because they, they, they got it to where energy was deregulated. What that means is there's no, well, there's no regulations on it. It's kind of like CBD oil right now. There's no regulation on it. You could put piss in a bottle yeah. and sell it for CBD oil and nobody would ever know. Meaning <laughs> there's no, there's no oversight, right? There's nobody, there's nobody um, investigating the CBD industry right now. Yeah. And so, and so what Enron did is they, they convinced the government, uh, I think it was the Bushes at the time, um, which, you know, I was a fan of the Bushes, but now I'm not so much because I'm finding out all kinds of shit. Anyway, my point here is this, is, is, is that Enron, they shut the power off in California and, and created massive rolling blackouts. And in order for you to get the power back on, you were paying like $50 a kilowatt or some shit. It was <laughs> astronomical. And essentially, if you wanted power, you needed to pony up the money to get the power back on. And I'm not talking like a $250 bill. I'm talking like a $3,500 bill uh, over a month. I mean, it was something absolutely ridiculous. But they had the power to do it because it was deregulated. You know, they could do whatever the fuck they wanted to do. Didn't matter <laughs> until they shit. got caught. Dude, that's, yeah, I'm going to check it out. Dude, that shit's fucking insane. It's insane, dude. <laughs> it's insane. Dude, and then well, what I was going to say a little while ago was, like, how, how you're saying that, you know, you're not for everybody. You know, you cuss a lot. You have open political views and all this. But, um, you know, like, for you... For you and everybody else that's actually authentic like that, you know, you attract the people that, you know, actually resonate with you. And that just like creates more like, you know, loyalty and, and stuff like between between y'all, right? Like that's that's what a lot of people like, you know, they're scared to like, you know, put their stuff out there kind of thing. And yeah, they're, miss, they're missing the whole point. They are missing the whole point because if you realize that everybody's not for you and let's just say you have 10 let's say you have 20,000 followers, right? And you never talk about your political views. And one day, here's an example. I'm trying <laughs> yeah. To, somebody came out. Um, well, it was, well, the first guy was um, the rapper. What the hell? Uh, 50 Cent, right? 50, uh, no, it, the one I was thinking about was The Rock. Okay, That's yeah, I was going to say that. Okay, oh, yeah. Wow. So The Rock came out and supported the Democratic Party. And when he did that, he lost a shit ton of followers, right? Uh, he may have gained some followers, but he certainly lost a bunch of people on the right. And in that situation, I feel like that was probably a stupid move. However, everybody's got the rock. So if you've got 20,000 followers and 10 of them fall off because they don't like what you said, and you still have 10,000 people that do like what you said – those 10,000 people are not going anywhere, yeah. ever. <laughs> so look at it like this. You don't have to wade through any more bullshit 
if you cut out people that are not your people. This makes your life easier. <laughs> it does, absolutely. And, and, you know, like if you lose that 10, you probably gained another five that are like, oh, hell yeah, type of deal. And now they're like more connected with you. And then you still probably have like, you know, a certain number of people from the right that really don't care, you know, that are just like, you know, well, that's his opinion. You know, it's it's whatever to me. Like if that's right. what he wants to think, that's what he wants to like follow. Like, you know, it's cool. You know, and like those are the kind of people that they don't necessarily agree with you, but they like, you know, they respect you, you know, still for, for being like that. Well, it's kind of like Andy, right? Andy is certainly not for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> right. Andy is extremely opinionated and he does not give a shit what you or I think about him. Right. Yep. And so he, you know, that's a risk he took. Being, you know, having a fucking, you know, I don't even know what his company's worth, but it's astronomical. He took a risk when he started the MFCEO project. And he took a risk going public and saying, like, you know, fuck every five seconds. <laughs> there's a lot of people, I'm sure, that don't buy his product at this point. But there's people like you and I that will never stop buying his shit. Yep. Because he's our people. Oh, dude, look. <laughs> Boom. What is that? The megawatt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the megawatt actually, so I, I should clarify. It's just the protein bars and the protein that don't set with me. Oh, megawatt, yeah. freaking off the hook. I love it. Yeah, dude. It's but awesome. <laughs> so glad you pointed that out because I think it's in the cabinet somewhere and I just have completely forgotten about it. So I'm glad you brought that up because I totally <laughs> forgot about it. Yeah, yeah but it's amazing dude. stuff. Yeah, and the reason that Andy is like that is, you know, that's what made me attracted to the MFCEO. That's the very first podcast that I started listening to um, because uh, I I heard uh, Dan Fleischman shout it out in one of the courses that I bought for uh, Ty Lopez. So he was in the course, and then he said, you know, he was talking about, like, the mindset and stuff, and he's like, you got to start listening to podcasts. He shouted out MFCEO, but I, I went to go look for it thinking it was Ed's podcast. You know, but I just like sticked around. And I was like, well, I mean, this sounds pretty good. So <laughs> yeah, gonna, I'm going to stick to it. It's really funny you say that because I was an Ed Milet fan. In fact, I didn't even know who Andy Frisella was until <laughs> I connected with a guy. Uh, I, I shouldn't say I didn't know who he, I knew of him, but I'd never really listened to his podcast ever until I went and met up with uh, uh, one of the syndicate members. And he was like, look. He was like, I think you should do 75 hard. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell that is. And he was <laughs> like, well, let me tell you. He was like, I'm going to send you some podcasts, and I want you to listen to these podcasts. And that literally started my journey with Andy. And so I went back after listening to that. Of course, I started it the next day. And I went back and listened to every single podcast he did. And I'm a massive fan now, you know. <laughs> in fact i've had i've had vaughn on my podcast um nice yeah dude so i haven't had andy on yet but i'll, I'll get him i haven't really tried either oh, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know man you will when you get i mean you're getting ian smith so i mean i'm for sure man you'll be getting andy and ed <laughs> yeah i hope so so yeah, I just gotta try. I got I gotta put in the effort though. I haven't even reached. I, I literally have not reached out to either one of them, just because I know they get inundated with probably five million messages a day, and I'm like, I'm just gonna. 
But but you know what? I'm going to be honest with you, Irvin. Dude, that's how I've gotten 98% of the people on my podcast was I just reach out and I say, hey, I'm the, I host a podcast called Successful Life Podcast. I think you'd be a great fit to be a guest. Let me know when you have availability and I'll put you on my schedule. And that's the message. That was it. And it wasn't like I did yeah. that 10 times to the same person one time. And maybe I would reach out a second time if they didn't respond. But after that, I'm like, if they don't have, you know, if you don't have time for me, that's cool. I, it's not that I'm anything important, but I also don't have time for you. Two times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've okay, cool, man. ever say to me, I'm not going to be on your podcast because you don't have X number of downloads. And I'm not going to say who it is, but he was kind of a douchebag, right? I've had people far greater than him on my podcast. And for him to egotistically say, well, unless you have a thousand downloads. And I'm like, dude, like, who the fuck are you? I mean, like, so anyway, doesn't matter who it is. I'll tell you offline, but uh, I'm not going to share it on here. (laughs) Yeah. Good. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I know you got a row. So uh, before we wrap up here, just tell the listeners where they can find you and everything you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Just at, at Corey Barrier and, and Barrier spelled like Perrier the water with except with the B. And uh, you can find me pretty much on all the social channels there. Um, yeah. And, you know, CoreyBarrier.com, which you'll find under any of the oh, social. Yeah. So, yeah, dude. Thank you. I appreciate this, Irvin. It's been great. Awesome. Yeah, man, for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll um, link up everything on uh, so, show notes, podcasts, and all that stuff. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Appreciate that, dude. Awesome. Awesome, man. So thanks for taking your time. My pleasure. Cool, man. Peace.